Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Welcome back. We are getting really, really close to episode number 200. In fact, this is episode number 199. So if you're listening today, make sure you come back in a couple of days and check out episode 200. So today, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody how much I appreciate all of the recent iTunes reviews that have been left. Like all of a sudden, five or six of them appeared in the last week, and I really appreciate it. I always make the joke when I tell you to jump over to iTunes leave a review. I always make the joke that it just makes my day brighter, but I will tell you all week reviews have been coming in and it makes my day brighter. So thank you very much for those who do that. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And then if you want to get involved in the community, we have the Cool Things Project, which is the group coaching program. Uh, We've got a mighty group of people who meet once a week via Zoom. We do a video hangout and everybody just sort of talks about their own entrepreneurial and solopreneur journey. Although it's not just business owners. We have a lot of people who work for a company and are just trying to be more successful and more entrepreneurial in their job. If you go over to TomSinger.com, go to the About button, pull down the drop-down menu, you'll see a thing that says Group Coaching Program, and all the information you'd ever want about the Cool Things Project is going to be there waiting for you. So today, we're going to have another interview, and today we are going to interview Matt Rudlinger. And Matt is a successful entrepreneur. He's a marketing expert. He's a public speaker for 11 years. He's had a marketing agency. And then he told me about all these other things he does. But one is he has an app where they're actually working with major venues so that when you're at, say, a baseball game or a football game, you can actually, from your seat, order food or a jersey and have it delivered directly to you, which it made me laugh when he said that because I thought, how great is that? I don't want to get up and walk all the way up. I just want a hot dog and a new hat. And apparently you can do that with his new app. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But Matt Rudlinger, thank you so much for being a guest here. Episode 199 of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for having me. So close. So close, but not quite 200. But uh, so tell everybody, I mean, I kind of gave like a little overview of what you do, but but tell us about your marketing agency and all the different things that, that you're up to. Yeah, so uh, started the agency back in... 2005. Uh, we work with several. We work with small businesses to large um, companies and firms. We work with them on their their web. We do web design. Uh, we do promotional products as well. We do social media marketing and overall marketing and, and integrating everything together. Uh, of course, you mentioned about the app that we've got. And I'm, a, I'm a partner on that, and we're re- really excited about that. A couple weeks ago, we released our latest version to where we can customize an app. For a venue, so if you're at a like you mentioned a, a ball game, it would be their app. And we would just power it, which is uh, which is what the industry was really kind of telling us over the uh, last few years. So we just released that, and we have a caramel business, the kind that you eat and that's yummy. So uh, lots of things going on. Um, it's been a very uh, interesting last year with everything kind of coming out. So yeah, lots of things in motion right now. A marketing business, a merchandising app, and a caramel. So it's not like you have like a theme running very heavily through here. Well, there's a reason for the. Everyone always kind of has a caramel business. Why? 
And it, you know, there, there's a lot of marketing that goes into the reason why we purchased the Carmel business. So I'll give you the quick version of this. So for years, we've always sent our customers Carmels for their birthdays. And I can show you hundreds of messages that I've got back, we've got back from customers, you know, really appreciating the Carmels on their birthday. So it's kind of, kind of became one of our signature experiences that we provide um, with who we work with. And uh, the lady that owned, it was, it's called Jones Carmel. The lady that owned the business is also a, a really good friend of our family's. And last year she came up to me and said, I'm closing the business because her husband's going to retire and they've got grandbabies and things like that. So I kind of like freaked out about like 25 pounds of caramels right there on the spot, which is a lot of caramel. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, uh, well, like walking out like Willy Wonka or something, you know. So, um, <laughs> so I was trying to replace what she did for us. I mean, we had a really good um, working relationship where we kind of like, shared like Google Docs and I could put customers information on there with their birthday and stuff like that. And then I was done. I mean, she would take care of it from there and make make us look like superheroes, right? And so when she, when she said she was going to close the business, I was trying to reach out to other businesses that could maybe work with us like that. And I really wasn't finding anyone that would kind of work the way I wanted to work. And I couldn't find the product was just as good. So we end up, to make a long story even shorter, we ended up buying the business so that we could keep that tradition, and uh, and now we're take we're, now we're working with other companies to be able to use the caramels as a way to connect with businesses and create a experience. But the, the the big part of that whole transaction is, you know, when we found out that she was going to close her business, it created a panic. So the question that we we take from this experience and when we we talk to other businesses is if your business was to shut down today, would your customers panic? Awesome. And in fact, it's interesting. I mean, I like that aspect is if you close down, would your customers panic? And I like to think mine would, but the other piece of it is, is that, you know, that's kind of an entrepreneur's entrepreneur who looks at it and says, Hey, we send out these candies, they're closing. Let's just buy the business and run that. And that's, I think kind of a really interesting thing. I've interviewed almost 200 people and it's really a common thread where, you know, people see something for whatever reason and they just go for it and ask questions later. Yeah, I mean, it was a, such a important part and uh, integral part of our experience that we provide that we couldn't let that slip away. So I'm looking, you know, looking at your bio on LinkedIn. You're a young guy. It looks like if you've had this, you know, triple R marketing for eleven years. Did you ever have a job in corporate America, or did you just go straight into this? Well, I appreciate you saying that I'm a young guy. Um. Maybe you're, just, maybe you're just well-preserved. Maybe. I, I, I do try to exercise. Um, no, I were actually worked in plumbing sales for 11 years. Oh, I got out of high, when I got out of school, high school, went to college, was in college. I worked for a mechanical contractor, uh, did that for five years. And then for 11 years, I worked for a plumbing, a, a plumbing wholesale company and uh, really grew that area of southern Indiana with – I kind of started a division that they never really pursued and took that whole concept of the product and service um, and grew it into uh, all over southern Indiana. 
And then that company got bought out, <clears throat> excuse me. And when that happened, that's when I decided to, to take the leap of faith and start my own business. It's something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. I, I kind of knew it when I was a kid that it was going to happen. So, so you've been doing this now for 11 years. What do you absolutely love about the life you've created being an entrepreneur? Um, I, I love that I'm in control of my own destiny, um, that we can impact so much, not only during the, in, you know, in the business, but in, in people that we reach out to um, through connecting and networking and to see businesses grow with their own dream. I mean, that's the best part is that, you know, when you're, when you're in business and you network with others and you can help each other out, you help others see fulfilled their dreams. And there, there's a, I don't know, that's a really, uh, it's a really cool feeling because, you know, it always comes back. And so I, I don't know, that's the fun part for me is just watching and seeing how we can impact other people's lives. So is there any part of the life you've created where sometimes maybe you don't love it as much? Do you ever think, you know, if I had stayed selling plumbing supplies, I could be the Indiana king of, of plumbing? <laughs> I mean, I think we all have those moments, but it's, it's, it's far and few. I mean, I really never consider what I do is, is work. Um, I really enjoy it. I think you have to enjoy what you do. I mean, there's always... There's always those days, you know. I mean, don't don't. I'm not perfect in any way, uh, but definitely, uh, it's the, the the good days way outweigh the bad days. So, what advice do you have for somebody? You said, you know, before you became an entrepreneur, you kind of always wanted to. In the back of your mind, even though you were working for a plumbing company, you always wanted to do your own thing. There's a lot of people who listen to this show who are like, "Yeah, that's me. I've got a job, but I would love to start my own venture." What advice do you have for somebody who wants to take that leap? There's never the right time. Um, that was that was my biggest holdup is that I was always waiting for the right time to do it. And you know when I when I first started, I mean I was scared to death. I think I made five thousand dollars my first year. You know, so it's like <laughs> what was I doing? Um, but I think my advice is if you your heart is in it, and you know you have to know going into it that you cannot fail. I mean, that's that's, that's your the mindset that you have to have. You have to believe in what you do, what you what you're going to do, your product, your service, and don't think about failure, and go for it. I mean, because otherwise, you'll you'll start giving yourself excuses on why you shouldn't take that leap. Um, I mean, that's the advice for that because that first step is the hardest. Once you you're in it. And then you start to mold, you know, the things that you're going to do. But that first step is the hardest for sure. <laughs> so, you know, you say there's never the right time. How did your right time come about? Were you, you know, like in my case, I was laid off. And so I sort of got pushed out and I'd always wanted to do my own thing much like you. And I, I had always thought, oh, I need to save more money. I need to have a better plan. I need to have this. And then in the middle of the recession, I was laid off and that was my launching pad. What caused you to take that step? I think the change of the business being sold was part of it, um, you know, and I could find when that happened, I could find a good hundred reasons of why to not start my own business during that time, you know, um, and a few reasons of why to jump into the entrepreneur, you know, being an entrepreneur and start my, starting my business. I mean, I mean, that was part of my reasoning for not prior was because I would, I would just talk myself out of, you know, well, this could happen and this could happen. Well, of course. 
I mean, you could always, there's always the, you know, two-sided coin. And so, you know, when that had happened, I started really focusing on where I could take the business. I, I looked at my strong points. I looked at, okay, what, what am I really good at? And how can I take that and make it work for me? And, uh, you know, and then it was just like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to change my mind. Here we go. <laughs> you know, so, and I think that's, that's a hard, that's hard. And that's a hard for a lot of people. And, you know, you were, like you said, you were laid off, you know, could have found another job, you know. So it's kind of uh, focusing on what you're really strong at and remembering, you know, how you've gotten to where you are now and how can you take those features that you have and those abil- you know, those abilities that you have and make them work for you. So how important are people in this aspect? I mean, your network and, and, and the people who you know in your community or in your industry, how important is it to have those people in your life and how did you utilize that network? I think your network is, is what's the old saying? Your network is your net worth. <laughs> right. um, but I think your network is absolutely vital for any business to survive um, through you know, partnering with other uh, people and organizations to um, help each other out. I mean, I, I think that the world, especially with social media and the way it's grown so much over the last five, ten years, that we're so connected now that, I mean, you can connect with people that you couldn't even think about ten years ago. And you'd be amazed on how, you know, you'd be amazed on how people want to help. Uh, just just for example, you know, I'm part of a couple of groups on um, Facebook and through LinkedIn. And when I get on those groups, I try to actually connect with those people. And, you know, even with a five-minute phone call with them, just to know a little bit about them. And they can know a little bit about me, not trying to sell each other, but just to get to know them. And, I, you know, through that, I've helped a lot of people connect, connect a lot of people to – other people that may be able to help their business. And just the, uh, last week, I connected with a guy. We were talking, and I was telling him a little bit about the caramel business. He's like, hey, ship me some caramels. I'm connected with the Home Shopping Network. Nice. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's reaching out and connecting with people, though, is, is making sure that you're, you're allocating time every week to work on your network. I think that is critical if you're, when you, whether you're starting or you've been in business for 20 years. You're constantly building your network um, so that you can help connect people and align you in the right position for that for an opportunity. Well, I'm working on an article right now about asking others for help, and you can't just show up and say, hi, help me. You have to have built that network. You have to have helped others and served them along the way. I think in Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about the emotional bank account. And that's always been something that, you know, I've always believed is you just make a lot of deposits and you don't keep score and you don't worry about it. And eventually when when you make that ask, not everybody's going to do it because a lot of people they don't have the, the ability, they don't have the right contacts. A lot of people are self selfish or self-centered or just caught up in their own stuff. But if you go out and just serve your community, there's enough people who, when they see that you have that need, they're going to bend over backwards. I mean, if I go back and look at my career as a professional speaker, you know, I speak 60 times a year, give or take. And if I was to go through and look at, you know, probably 58 of them come from people who have met me, seen me speak, are friends of mine. 
uh, or whatever. I mean, it's it's the few and far between where people find you th- for, through Google. Most of the time for me, it is definitely somebody says, hey, you got to have this guy at your conference. He really transformed what we did. And sometimes those are people I know well, but sometimes they're just people who I've crossed the path and I've just, they've seen me either help them or, or help someone else in that community. Yeah, I think you can throw out the old cliche of B2B and B2C. I think those are out the window. We are we are P to P. We are people to people now. <laughs> I like that. And uh, and you know, and there's no, there's. I think uh, it doesn't matter what aspect of, in the industry you're in. People want to work with people that they trust and they like. And you know, you have to build that first before you can even get into the business side of it. You know, so you have to earn that reputation, just like you said. You know, you, you're out there. You're giving. You're giving. You're giving. You're giving. Someone says, "Oh, look, they're out there and they're doing a lot." You know, they like you said, they emotionally connect with that, and then that creates that opportunity for you. So, absolutely. So, the more you build your network, the more you can give because you can help connect people and become a resource through you know whatever it is you do that you can help people with. And I mean, that's the home run. That's that's the formula to success today's today's market. Well, and you bring up you know the the old cliche: people do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. But what I tell people all the time is that no like and trust is a pretty solid three legged stool. You can put things on top of it, and it is there. But we live in a society now where the definition of the word no, K N O W, has changed. I mean, everybody thinks they know everybody because I'm I'm on your LinkedIn page right now, and it's like, oh, I know Matt. Well, not really. I know what you wrote on your LinkedIn page, and I see your photo, but that doesn't mean I, I know you, which means it used to be a process. As you got to know somebody, like and trust would come along, or, or it wouldn't. You're not going to like everybody. You're not going to trust everybody. But as that process of getting to know them, if you did like and trust them, you had a solid relationship. Now we're fast-forwarding no in a lot of ways because of social media, and, and that's not a bad thing. These are great tools, but because we're fast-forwarding it, no and tr- like and trust don't always come along. And so we have to work harder because when we can get to that like and trust, all of a sudden we have something that in today's society I think is more rare. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think, you know, when we were working with businesses and they're trying to grow even, um, you know, who are some of your like-minded um, connections and get to know them. You know, like you said, the K-N-O-W, um, you know, how many requests now that you get on LinkedIn that you have no idea who they are? I mean, oh, a lot, and, yeah. And then you connect with them, and then that's the end of it. You know, so I like to <laughs> actually. I, like I don't. To, I have a rule. I have to have a cup of coffee, a meal, or a beer, or a conversation like this. You know, that lasts about a half hour with somebody. So there's a baseline before I accept that connection, and, and I have a technical term for it. I call it the coffee, meal, or beer rule. And I don't link to people on Facebook or LinkedIn who haven't agreed to that conversation. And in fact, Matt, I've had people like reach out to me and I see that there could be a connection. So I'll say, hey, let's chat by phone. And they'll be like, I don't have time for that. Just accept the LinkedIn thing. Well, why did you send it to me if you don't have time for a 15-minute phone call? Right. And I think that's the, that's the thing that's you know, made it harder now with that, but is that we're all just like, oh, well, let's, you know, let's get people to like us. We, we think that the number of likes and followers that we have is an indication of where we stand. And that's, that's farthest from the truth. Um, you know, I would rather have, I would rather have a hundred followers on my Facebook page that are people that, you know, want to 
one information and that I can build a relationship with versus 10,000 that I have no idea who they are and they could care less about what I'm saying. Nope, absolutely. You know, you know so it, it's it's how do you, you know, you're, you're harvesting relationships. And I so I agree with you, you know, so I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, well, don't just connect with people, get to know people, and you would be amazed. I mean, if somebody would just say, you know what, I'm going to take an hour a week and I'm going to focus on building relationships through if it's connecting with someone on LinkedIn and getting to know them or you know, even getting to know your customers more or other colleagues more. You, in time, I'm telling you, you would see, you, you see your business um, flourish because you, you're building that network. You're, you're becoming um, a resource for people. You're, you know, start helping try to connect people. It's it's very um, it's overwhelming actually on how much it can make a difference in your business. So not to mention your per- not to mention your personal life. Right. Well, absolutely. I mean, anytime you deal with you know a human being, that person can and and should have some impact on you personally. I mean, I'm, most of my friends are people I've met through business, and so that's that's part of it as well. Right. Hey, hey, Matt, I've got more questions for you, but first, I've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Matt Rudlinger. Now, for an exclusive offer to those of you who listen to this show, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and see the offer that they have for you. If you're interested in starting a podcast, I say it time and time again, I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for my relationship with Podfly. So check them out. Hey, Matt. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what is the coolest thing that you're doing right now? Making caramels. <laughs> well, I'm not actually making them, but that's been kind of the the neat thing. Um, I mean, outside of well, our app's really cool. I think it's really fun that you can be at a you know sporting event concert that we you know that we partner with, and you can order food and merchandise and have it delivered to your seat. I think it's pretty cool because I'm like you. I don't want to miss any part of the game. Um, it's so expensive going to these events as it is. The last thing I want to do is miss the key part of the game um i mean that's a really cool thing that we're doing now the the new version uh 2.0 or 2.0 just came out last week that allows us to brand it to the venue so uh we're really excited about that we think that's going to take us in a whole new direction um yeah and then making uh then on the, the caramel side they're getting ready to come out with an apple cider caramel nice so, so what's the name I, of the Carmel Company? Let's be serious. Everybody who's listening thinks your marketing company's great, your app is cool, but people want Carmel. How do they find it? Who's your Carmel Company? Where do they go? It's Jones Carmels, and it's uh, J-O-A-N-S Carmels.com. And uh, the cool thing, here's another cool thing that we do, you know, if you're, if you're a business and you're looking for something really cool and yummy for clients, we actually will warehouse product that's branded for the companies. And so, you know, maybe it's a candy jar with their logo on it and, and such. And then they can order the caramels and we ship them out 
with their logo on it to their customer and it's branded for them. So um, it's kind of that experience that we do for our clients that we created a program for them. So yeah, and the, 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 the response that we get back from customers that are giving it to customers is crazy awesome. So, uh, so this is really delicious caramel is what you're saying. Yes, and you know, before we uh, get done here today, give me your address and I'll send you some. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. they've been featured in uh, the sports Emmys. Uh, my gosh, they've been. We ship them all over the United States. They're they're homemade. They're handmade. They're handmade. They're hand cut. Um, no preservatives. They're they're really good. So I'm gonna you know see two secrets. One is I absolutely love caramel. I think that like if it's good caramel, that's you know that's awesome. I'm not talking like the craft squares. I'm talking really good stuff you get in like a candy store. I love it. The other part of the secret is is six months ago I gave up all sugar for the most part and uh, limit it to like 15 grams of processed sugar a day. And so I probably can't eat a lot, but I will throw that second rule out the door if I get caramels in until I've eaten them all. All right. We just need feedback. That's all we ask. All right. I can do that. (laughs) Hey, so in addition, I think to, you know, wanting to make a mark with their businesses, I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So my favorite question that I ask everybody before I let them go is all about who do you see out there? Not someone in one of your companies, but someone who you encounter, who you think, you know, they're doing something really cool. They're a great example to all of us who are entrepreneurs. So who do you admire? I'll tell you someone who's doing something really cool right now. Um, his name's Brandon T. Adams. And uh, he just did a Kickstarter program, uh, did a Kickstarter campaign that was funded for, it's called um, Ambition in Motion. And it's a TV show where they go to cities and they're interviewing small entrepreneurs, small businesses, and how they make an impact on, on the city they're in. And I think that's really cool. Um, and they, they got the funding and they're starting to go out now. And I think it's a really cool project that they're doing to really showcase how important the small business is to community and, you know, the things that they do outside of when they're, you know, their doors are open. So I think that's a really cool um, project that's happening right now. Awesome. So, Matt, thank you so much for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Before you go, though, we've already talked about Jones Caramels. I want you to tell people how they can find you with your main businesses and, and, and maybe where they can find you online, because I think some of the listeners, I think you're going to inspire them. So how do people find you? Well, our site is Triple R Marketing, uh, Triple R Marketing and it's spelled out T-R-I-P-L-E-R Marketing.com, because I've always spell that out uh everybody was asked three r's so um <laughs> or you can you can shoot me an email my uh, my person my email is matt m-a-t-t at triple r marketing.com um you know connect with me on uh you know if you're willing to have a call with me <laughs> connect with me on linkedin uh you know because it's going to come up just so you know <laughs> so be ready see it's like the coffee meal or beer rule people he, you gotta I, talk to the guy if you want to link to him that's right i want i want i want to know more about you. Because remember, uh, I, I think the best takeaway from today is we don't live in a B2B or B2C world. We live in a P2P world. And I thought that was great. Right. Although I'm sitting here drinking water and I, I think I need to go pee. <laughs> you could be drinking beer, you know, you're talking about beer. So well, before, we're, we're recording this at 1030 in the morning. So although it's not, it's not like that has ever stopped me. I don't know why I just said that. And it is Friday. 
Well, yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, well, Matt, the- Matt Rudliner, thank you so much from Triple R Marketing and uh, Jones Carmel. And what's the name of the app again? It's Fanvious, F-A-N-V-I-O-U-S, Fan's Obvious Choice. Uh, Awesome. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your insights, a little bit of your story here with the people from Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for having me. I really had a great time. And for everybody who's listening, I say it time and time again, without the audience, we wouldn't have a show. Jump over to the Facebook page, join the group coaching program, leave us a review on iTunes, and please, please come back in a couple of days because we're going to have an interview with somebody just as cool as Matt Rudlinger. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.